0: 2022, everyone, I am Colby Daniels, along with Will Brewer. Will, it is great to hear your voice, my friend. It is a new year, and it is fight day as this what feels like months-long drought without the UFC is finally over. We will get a card that will feature Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze in the featherweight division. What is happening, my friend?
1: Man, uh, you know, it's it's good to be back. Uh, we've had this long break in between MMA fights. I mean, it's good that we've had a lot of news uh, it's good that there's been a lot of happening in the world of football and stuff to kind of take my mind off of uh, everything that's happening in MMA. But, uh, man, it's, it's good to have a fight day. It's good to, it's good to be back. It's, I'm looking forward to everything that's going to happen in 2022. 2021 was amazing. Now um, here we go, 2022.
0: I remember this time a year ago, we were complaining about the, the long layoff between the final fight card of 2020 and that Max Holloway-Calvin Cater fight card to kick off 2021. And as I look back on it, I don't feel like the wait between those two cards was nearly as long as this wait between the final card of 2021 and today's card with Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadse. At the same time, I also feel like I've been way busier this year than I was a year ago. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic where I've had so much to deal with over the course of this month. At the same time, it just feels like forever and much longer than it was a year ago between fight cards from one year to the next. Yeah,
1: I think that's what it is, man. We we've been uh, way busier this uh, this year uh, in comparison to last year. I mean, last year we were just kind of sitting around twiddling our thumbs, like, okay, how are we gonna pass the time? And you know now there's just so there's so much to do, so much to to watch. Now, uh, you know, life has really picked up in a year. <laughs> so, um, for you know for me. Uh, this time last year, you know, I was definitely looking forward to the, to the Max Holloway Calvin Cater. It felt like it was so, so long. And then this one kind of felt like it just kind of came right back, but I think it's because like you said, you know, busy vacations, you know, a lot of stuff happened. Right. So, um, it's good to, it's good to have this fight week back, man. I, I I will say, uh, I was starting to miss it a little bit and then we got all the news about all the upcoming fights. So it kind of, I was like, okay, I can get in it now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And look, we knew that Francis Ganu and Surreal Ghan were going to face off in the first pay-per-view of 2022 for a while. But when you start looking at UFC 271, UFC 272, uh, which are right around the corner, and obviously, I mean, it will feel like the next few weeks are going to fly by. Next thing you know, it's going to be time for Israel Adesanya and Robert Whittaker to have their rematch. Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal are finally going to square off in the octagon. A couple of other title fights that have been announced with... Volkanovski Holloway three and then Holloway pulls out and then everybody in the featherweight division seemingly campaigning to take Max Holloway's spot in that title match against Alexander Volkanovsky. as it stands today it kind of sounds like Korean Zombie is the front runner to get that opportunity and look I would also say depending on what happens tonight and the amount of damage taken potentially from the winner, maybe that's a situation that comes to fruition. Um, you know, outside of that, finally we get word that uh, it sounds like Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling are going to settle the situation in the Bantamweight division, which is much needed considering just the overall talent level and how deep that division is. But, yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind of announcements over the last week, week and a half.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it started with, uh, you know, 272 I remember I got the uh, notification that Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky were going to fight. And I was so excited, and then Algermain and Peter Young, the same card. I mean, I was like, okay, this is a good way to uh, for that for that March, you know, card to start off. And then within days, you know, <laughs> Max and Volkanovsky was off. And I'm just like, man, that's a bummer. And then uh, I didn't think that Volkanovsky was going to automatically, you know, just look for someone else. You know, you know, there was a lot of options out there. You know, Cejudo. You know, you could have did Chikataye and. Uh, Cater winner. You could have did Zombie, You could have did Josh. And there's so many guys who, kind of, who could have took that spot. Um, yeah. You're Rodriguez
0: you through his name out there.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many guys who just make sense. And all these, the good thing about it is they're all fresh matchups. You know, volkanowski has been in this, um, this kind of relationship with Max Holloway for so long that you kind of really want to see Volkanovski just kind of branch out and, and have fresh matchups. That's what made the Ortega matchup for me so intriguing because it was a fresh matchup. And now, uh, you you see the the long list of contenders at 145. You're like, oh, you know, these stylistically, these are some pretty fun matchups out there. And then you settle on um, you settle on the Korean Zombie, and you know that matchup itself, uh, it's a, it's pretty it's pretty intriguing. You know, uh, Zombie's been pretty up and down, but uh, you got to give respect uh, where it's due. Zombie's. You know, he's proven over the years how tough he is, and Volkanovski uh, is as tough as it comes. So just the style listed matchup itself, it's going to be really fun. You know, Jan and Sterling. You know. You'll, they just need to get. In, they just need to fight. That that 135 division needs to move on from them too. We need to have an undisputed champion. Well, many people think that we already have an undisputed champion in Peter Young, but the undisputed champion is Aljamain Sterling right now. Yeah. So, them the, those two guys just have to get in there and fight. You know, just and then you can go on. You know, with the with all this news that's been happening, this the first quarter of the year is pretty much booked as far as the, the main fights are concerned. I mean, I, I, I'm just really curious on what the the remaining is going to look like because we still don't know what Usman's going to do. We still don't know about John Jones. We still don't know about Steve Mijoca. There's still a lot to. Uh, there's still a lot out there for 2022.
0: By the way, I I missed that they had made Volkanovsky Korean Zombie official. So, uh, yeah, it looks like that is for sure happening. Uh, as I look at Tapology and they say confirmed bout for UFC 273, Volkanovsky Korean Zombie. So. I was under the impression that that's what they were working toward, but it wasn't official yet. And I'd also heard that, you know, if, if you get like a first round finish tonight for either Calvin Cater or Giga Chikadze, that maybe, you know, one of those guys positions themselves to, to get that opportunity. But it does, it looks like uh, the Korean Zombie Volk thing has become official and that's going to happen at UFC 273. By the way, you mentioned Kamaro Usman. I think that's a really interesting conversation in terms of just the, the 170 division and. The, uh, the juggling that they're kind of doing with with the top of that division. Hamzat Shumayev and Gilbert Burns, it sounds like, are, are going to meet in the octagon, which is an awesome fight and an awesome opportunity for a guy that I think is a future champion with Hamzat. But I don't know if you caught Dana White's comments a day or two ago. He was asked about Leon Edwards, and per Dana White, he said 100% will. Dana White's words, 100% Leon is next. So there you go.
1: Okay, now, you know, Dana will say 100%. Leon's next. I need a date. I need a. I need power <laughs> agreement signed. I need posters. I need all that because uh, the the fact that we're looking at Hamza and Gilbert in the March to April range, and we still don't know when Usman is gonna fight Leon Edwards. Like that hasn't even been uh, remotely discussed. I mean, I think Dana said sometime in the summer. Uh, I still think there's a there's a window where Hamza could get into that spot. Yeah. If I'm Leon, I need to get this bout agreement signed. Yep. I need to get I need to get contract signed. I need to make this as as official as official can be and just make sure that I can get there on fight day because if not there's there's going to be a a, a way that Hamza can get in. I'm I'm just not fully convinced that Dana wants uh you know Leon to fight uh Usman right now.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I would say the 100% comment is in reference to where we currently are, right? And if you don't get a deal done, you're exactly right. I mean, Hamza Chimaev finishes Gilbert Burns. He's going to jump the line if there's not a deal in place. So I think you're, you're spot on. You need to get that deal done while it is 100% because that 100% changes as soon as Hamza Chimaev gets a win over a top five guy in that division. Um, you know, for Leon Edwards, there's been so much bad luck. Like, it almost just feels like why, why even risk it? Right. Just get the thing done uh, so that you can, you can get that opportunity because it's felt like things have gone against him so often that I I wouldn't feel confident that things are going to work out in your favor. I know you always have to be positive and, and, and think the the best, but you know, I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy anyway, but with Leon Edwards, man, (laughs) it would be hard to not like have the doubts about almost every situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I will say this, like, it does look like they're trending towards Usman fighting Leon. The, the problem is the the Hamzat and Gilbert fight being so being early, like being so right. early in the year. And then Usman and Leon not even uh, having a, a date, you know, um, like you got Masvidal and Covington booked. Uh, you know, everyone else is pretty much, you know, they have like dance partners. So it kind of looks like it's going to be Usman and Edwards. But. You know, just with all the all the shit that Leon's dealt with over the past two years, like you just you just have to uh, yep. dot your eyes and uh, cross your T's when it comes to this. You have to make sure this that is as official as official can be. And uh, just, you know, make sure that you can get to the fight and make sure Usman can get to the fight. I mean, he he can't really control if Usman can get to the fight, but right. uh, make sure that this fight happens uh, in the summer. Just, you know. Get there, man.
0: Yeah. And look, I would be shocked if it were any time before the summer. Kamaru Usman was the fighter of the year because he, he had three title defenses in 2021. The last of those taking place at the end of the year. So he said after the Colby Covington win that he wanted to take some time off, spend some time with his daughter. So I was kind of even at that point under the impression that it was going to be at least six months. Right. Until Kamaru Usman got back in the octagon and. Shamaya Burns is not signed or official in any capacity, but it sounds like they are working toward getting that thing done and uh, making that thing happen uh, sometime in the spring. So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic. And then here's the other thing: Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal is a non-title fight that's going to headline a UFC pay-per-view. And you know, I don't know that there's any thirst necessarily for Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal, three. Um, you know, given how close both of the Colby fights are, if there's a really impressive win at, at UFC 273, I mean, who's to say that, that in some way that doesn't also produce a guy that could jump Leon, because look, if Colby Covington goes out and finishes Jorge Masvidal in the first round or vice versa, I got to think from a money standpoint that a Kamara Usman matchup with the winner of that fight would make more money than a Kamara Usman Leon Edwards fight.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's all about star power. It's all about the money, like you said, especially if um, Hamzat were to lose um, to Gilbert Burns. Um, I think it, there's a very good chance we could see Usman fight uh, uh, a Masvidal or a Kobe Covington if they were to look as impressive. Like if Masvidal lands a flying knee like he did against Ben Askren or if Kobe just absolutely demolishes him in one round, I could definitely see it, especially with. You know how, how close the 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 Kobe and Usman fights were. I mean, you can make a case that Kobe won both of those. Uh, I mean, not not the first one because he got knocked out, but you can make a case that he was winning up until that point. I mean, those the, both those fights were razor thin. Uh, as far as Masvidal, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a, a tougher sell, but he's a superstar. There's a reason why they're main eventing, um, and you know they're the first guys to main event a uh, a non-title you know pay-per-view main event they're the first guys to do that whose names is not connor or nate since like 2014 or 2015 so yeah. you know jorge has is, is a superstar in this game now you know he he can generate pay-per-view sales on his own so um we have to acknowledge that and if uh, if Masvidal gets it done in impressive fashion i you know I, I wouldn't be surprised
0: yeah and then you mentioned the uh the pewter yawn aljamain sterling situation everybody's waiting on that fight to happen. It's, you know, Aljamain Sterling as the champion. He got it in a way that doesn't necessarily give anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, the, uh, the warm and fuzzies, right, about the way that that thing happened. And I think we all agree, Peter Yacht is, is the best 135-er in the world. Uh, and that thing needs to be settled because I know that's become your favorite division in the sport. I, I think it's the deepest division. There are guys without numbers next to their names that maybe in any other division... We'd be talking about is that guy a fight or two away from maybe putting himself in, in the title picture? Uh, the bantamweight division over the last year, year and a half, has really taken off to another level, and you just hope that you can get this title situation worked out not only for the sake of Peter Yawn and Aljamain Sterling, but for what the rest of that division looks like and and you know the opportunities that are going to be given uh, in terms of title picture and contenders.
1: Yeah, th- this is a fight that uh, that has to happen. It has to happen. You know, early like they're trying to do it in 2022 um you know like you said peter yan has proven that he's the best 135 pounder in the world uh that fight with sterling he was absolutely dominating until he threw that illegal knee uh you know it's an illegal knee you know the rules are what they are you you lose the title you know sterling's a champion uh i do think that sterling uh has a style that could present some issues to peter yan the problem is uh can't like can he do anything to stop Peter Jan's forward pressure? And the only way that he can do that is if he can get a takedown. And I I don't think that you know Peter Jan's very defensively sound. But you know when it came when it comes to the takedowns, we haven't really seen anybody really shoot at his legs aggressively like that. You know Sterling did it in a very sloppy way. Uh, Corey Sanhagen had some had some good you know attempts, but you know Corey Sanhagen is not known as a wrestler. I think right. if Sterling could. If Sterling could do some things different to to get Peter Yan off, off course off track, he can get him down. But I think he's going to have to do that early because if not, I think this is going to be a, another you know Peter Yan type you know fight that we're going to see. Um, but yeah, this whole division uh, it's it's loaded. You know, we still don't know what T.J. Dillashaw is going to do. Uh, we still don't know about uh, Jose Aldo, Dominic Cruz, Corey Sanhagen. Like, like uh, Sean O'Malley is making noise. Uh, uh, Cheeto Vera, like the, the top fifteen. Uh, in this division, it, it's loaded. And like you said, there's guys with numbers who don't have numbers next, next to their names who could be uh, top 15 guys. Like, this division is deep uh, with killers. So, you know, we need to have a undisputed champion and uh, let this division go on.
0: Yeah, without question. Uh, there's also been a lot of conversation about 155. And because of the weight that Conor McGregor's name carries, it seems like there's I don't know if there's hesitation necessarily, but like, why isn't Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje official and booked and ready to go forward, right? Like we agree. I think everybody agrees. That's what should happen. Uh, And yet it just seems like no matter what, you still hear Conor McGregor's name being thrown in the mix for, you know, potentially a title shot and what that would look like. And I mean, there are people out there making the claim that Conor McGregor's the best matchup to fight Charles Oliver, which I, I don't necessarily agree with. But uh, I, I, I do think it's it's really interesting that, you know, we, we, we've talked about this a million times over the last couple of years. Conor McGregor's name, no matter what the record looks like or what the losing streak looks like, his name's always big enough to draw. And, you know, part of that is because even in a loss after Dustin Poirier, what does he do? He goes crazy on the internet. And, you know, everybody's like, this guy, what is wrong with him? Like, but, but what he's doing is he's keeping his star power where it is despite a loss and that's for the reason that conor mcgregor can move the needle simply by acting crazy at his house uh while he's recovering from a surgery is the reason that conor mcgregor's name is nev- never necessarily out of the question for something like this
1: man I- i'll just say this and i tweeted this uh when this whole thing was was happening it would be a crime it would be a travesty if we saw charles Oliveira defend the title against conor mcgregor i Amen. mean justin gaethje was the interim champion. He he fought Khabib, lost to Khabib. Khabib retires. Justin Gaethje should have been in the title fight uh, to for the vacant title. But, you know, you know Dana said he's coming off a loss. He wins in an in impressive fashion in, uh, in a fight of the, probably the fight of the year. The fight of the year. And I'm not going to say the, probably the, the fight of the, the year. The fight of the year. Yeah. At MSG, the crowd was going crazy. How do you not give Justin Gaethje that title shot? I mean, it's Conor McGregor. I mean, I know the answer to this but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is Conor McGregor that much of a superstar that he's just going to jump the line? To, he's got two straight losses. He didn't even have a win in 2021. Right. But we're going to give him a title shot over Justin Gaethje, who's, who's been active, who's been working his ass off to try to get uh, back to this to this point. I think it would be a crime. I get it. Like, Conor McGregor's a star. Like, he, he sold this fight to the fans just on Twitter, and I think that's very... Uh, that's very masterful on his part. I mean, he said like uh, Brazil versus Ireland, too, basically uh, um, throwing off the weight that he had with the, the Aldo win. And then, you know, he he doesn't acknowledge that second, that third justified as a loss because, you know, of the injury. And basically, you know, the, the fans are kind of just backing him on this. So I think the, the fan interest in him and then, you know, him saying that he, you know, he has the best style against Charles and stuff. Because, you know, his left hand is it's very vicious and we've seen Charles get clipped. But come on, man. Like, there's no way that we can give Connor this title shot. Like, maybe if there wasn't contenders lined up, like the Gaies of the world, like Islam, Benil, if maybe if those guys weren't there, I would say give it to McGregor. But come on now. There's there's a there's a there's a line for me. There's a there's a line, and Connor's gonna have to get in it, he's gonna have to get a win. And he's just gonna have to get a win. That's it one win. Yeah. And then we can talk about title shot, but you you've lost two in a row, buddy. Come on, man.
0: By the way, do you know uh, off the top of your head, do you remember how many 155 wins Conor McGregor has in his career?
1: Um Is it one? Yes.
0: Yeah, that that's another thing. He's got <laughs> one win at lightweight. One. He's got one win one. at lightweight. And that was and- in 2016. Over Eddie Alvarez. Conor McGregor has a one win in his entire career at 155. And it came against, I mean, look, it was a big win. But 2016.
1: Yeah, it it was, it was the win. It was yeah. the, the great wins of all time. I mean, he, he became a double champion at Madison Square Garden. But that was almost six years ago now. 2016. Man. <laughs> come, like, come on. 2016. His only win at lightweight. And he, so that means he's lost his last like three or four fights at lightweight. Three. And we're going yeah. to talk about him <laughs> jumping the line for a title shot just because a pay per view number. is like, come on, Dana. Like I know that's your boy, but let's 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 respect the sport.
0: Look, if this were like flyweight, maybe. Yeah. Then it's probably a different story. But the fact that it's you know, I think it's the the most top loaded division in the sport. When you just look at the star power and ability of like the names in the top ten, right? Like I, I think you can make the argument that that bantamweight is deeper than lightweight, but I think 155 is the most top-heavy division in the entire sport. And for anybody, Conor McGregor included, to have a a losing record, to be on a three-fight losing streak at that weight, and his only win to have come in 2016. If this is flyweight, I think you get by with that in that division, and with arguably one of the top five draws in the sport in Justin Gaethje as the best option for the title, I don't know how you go in any other direction. Like, Justin is not somebody that you're going to have trouble selling. He's one of the top five draws in the entire sport. So you don't, it's not like you need to rescue a 155 title fight with a Conor McGregor simply for star power.
1: Exactly. And this is why um, Cody Garbrandt was about to get a title shot at Flyaway because they were missing stars. Right. So if Cody would have got one win against Kai Car France back in December, we would have been talking about Cody fighting the winner of Figueroa Moreno, because they need a star in that division. Lightweight, like you said, they're very top-heavy when it comes to stars. Like in terms of star power, lightweight kills bantamweight in terms of stars. Like you got yeah. Connor, Tony, Dustin, uh, Justin Gaethje. Like there's so many stars, and these guys are the at the top of their game, best in the world, top top-heavy. But like come on, like Justin Gaethje has the fighting style that fans cr- love to see. Like whenever there's a Justin Gaethje fight announced, like you know it's going to be fight of the night, fight of the year contender type fights. Like Justin Gaethje's only in those type of fights. You can't even say that about Conor McGregor. You can say that about Justin Gaethje. Right. Uh, and and now Justin Gaethje's putting it all together. His championship DNA is really improving over over these over the course of these last few fights. And and I would love to see that dynamic against a guy like Charles Oliveira who's looked. Like a champion who solidified himself as a champion, who beat the guy who everyone thought was the number one guy in the world, and Dustin Poirier. I think this. Is, I think this matchup just it screams for a fantastic fight. I don't think you need Conor McGregor for this division right now. You don't need him.
0: Right. I mean, if you want to, what you need Conor McGregor to do is either get a win to to position himself back in the race, or match him up with one of the other big names in this division and put. And if it's not Conor McGregor putting himself back in the title picture it's elevating another name as a massive superstar right because that's what beating connor mcgregor will do for you
1: yeah for me that's what i think that's what i think connor should do now I-, I don't know how much i don't know how competitive he is in this division right now because these guys are are such killers but i do think that if he really wants to get back in championship contention he's going to have to fight a guy who i mean not one of these younger guys who's coming up uh, but i do think that there's big names in this in this division who Conor McGregor can have great pay-per-views with, like Tony Ferguson, like Michael Chandler. I think he should fight one of those guys. Absolutely. And then if he wins, he'll get he'll get right back in, on the horse in terms of the title picture. All he needs is one win. And both of those matchups are winnable matchups for him. But for him to just jump the line, I mean, as of now, I think he's like number nine or ten. Like, that makes no sense. Just because he can sell pay-per-views, you're going to make him jump over eight other contenders who have been working their ass off like that you got to respect the sport more than that come on dana
0: yeah absolutely so looking at the list of events coming up over the next two months obviously tonight it's calvin cater and giga Chikadze headlining ufc fight night next week will we have pay-per-view which uh will be a big podcast episode uh including the shooey we'll get back to that in a minute uh francis Nganu and surreal gone for the heavyweight title next saturday uh here's the list of headliners over the next uh two months basically so February 5th, we have Jack Hermanson and Sean Strickland headlining a UFC fight night. A week later at UFC 271, it's Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker's rematch. February 19th, RDA and Fazeev at 155. Uh, and then I think uh, a week later, another 155 matchup, Benil Dariush and Islam Mahashev. Then we get to March with UFC 272, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal headlining that, which I believe uh, the Pewter Yawn, Aljamain Sterling... Uh, title fight will be on that pay-per-view card. March 12th, Tiago Santos and Ankalaev at light heavyweight. And then March 26th, Jan Blahovich and Alexander Rakic at light heavyweight. So that is the headliners over the next two months to kick off 2022 for the UFC.
1: Man, those are, I mean, all of those, even the fight nights. I mean, yeah. I mean, there were some months last year when we had some, some you know, questionable fight nights, but just for this first uh, quarter of the year, I mean, those main events are absolutely amazing. I mean, I can't wait. I mean, Benil Darius and this on chef. I can't wait for that one. Uh, I mean, even this this one that you kicked the year off with, Cater and Chikata, there's so many questions. Like, Jack Hermanson, Sean Strickland, like, that one's going to be crazy. Um, Masvidal, Covington, uh, like, this year is starting off. Like, Israel and uh, Whitaker, so many questions with, with that fight. That fight's going to be a big one. Uh, I can't wait for this year, man. It seems like uh, it's going to be... I mean, just by the start, it, seems, it sounds like we're, we're trending towards this year being bigger than 2021. Of course, the fights have to, have to deliver, but just on paper, it's, it's trending towards that direction.
0: By the way, we will so we will go over UFC 270 next week, so I don't want to really hit on that at all uh, today uh, because that that will be the meat and potatoes of next week's episode. But UFC 271 is the Adesanya Whitaker rematch. But also on that card is Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson, which I think is an awesome matchup as well and probably uh determines Israel Adesanya's next opponent uh in that division and then how about this matchup this has a fight of the year type vibe to it as well Will Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivasa good lord injected into my veins I love Ty Tuivasa Derek Lewis and what that potentially looks like
1: you know I had a I had like a realization I was driving to the gym and uh I was thinking about this this fight card and I just had a realization. I was like, you know what? The UFC should absolutely start the pay-per-view off with Derek Lewis and tied to a boss just like they did with Gay and Chandler, because Derek Lewis is from Houston. Could no. you imagine could you imagine <laughs> the how energetic that crowd is going to be when Derek Lewis comes out, how crazy that fight is going to be, how mentally and probably physically exhausted we're going to be after watching three rounds of I can't Madden. do it again.
0: <laughs> I can't do it again. I was so drained after watching Gaethje Chandler that like, I I, I I, told you this, I was watching Shane Burgos, Billy Q, and I thought, man, this is a great fight. And I just feel numb after what I just watched. It's
1: crazy because that was one of the fights of the year. Like you could put that on a short list of fights of the year, but the crowd yeah. was just, it wasn't into Spent. it. Like, people at home weren't into it and I mean looking back on the fight like I remember I went back and watched it like man this is a hell of a fight but on fight day I just you had to recollect yourself after such a crazy fight but I think uh Derek Lewis and Tai Vasa. I think the only good thing about this one is it probably won't th- it probably won't be three rounds I think this very fight ends in one very <laughs> this fight got this fight in one very true
0: that I, I will give you that it, it probably doesn't uh go the distance but Man, I was so exhausted after Gaethje Chandler and, and just had no nothing left, nothing left in the tank to be on the edge of my seat for the following fight. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not in favor of that again, even though it wouldn't probably be as draining because it wouldn't last as long, but oh, save it, save it. I, I can't do it.
1: For the, for the third, man, I mean, th- just the crowd energy from the jump. That I mean, I, I actually really enjoyed that. I mean, the crowd when when Gaethje and Chandler were getting introduced, like the crowd was going crazy. Yeah. I mean, when the when the referee was ready, ready, like the crowd was going insane. The first punches, you could just hear oh, oh, yeah. oh. Like I I love that stuff, man. For me, I want to see it. I mean, I, I have I, I love being that energized from the top of the card. So I'll be I'll they do it. I'm trying to speak it into existence, but we'll yeah.
0: see. It'll be a fun heavyweight matchup. And speaking of heavyweight matchups, uh you know, as, as a heavyweight matchup is going to be the headliner next week, you mentioned a couple names, still nothing for steep out there. And your boy, John Jones now, will what are we going on two years since he last fought?
1: Yes. Since he last beat Dominic Reyes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's been almost two years, um, since John Jones has fought, but you know, I have a, um, I have a a pretty solid idea of what I think is going to happen with this division. Let's hear it. Uh, Okay. Um, I was gonna, you know, save it, but you know, I think this is, I think this is a good time. Okay. So, Francis and Ganu Cyril Gan fight Saturday. If Francis and Ganu wins, we're gonna see Francis fight Stipe, or Francis ventures in the boxing and fights Ty- Tyson Fury, something like that. Francis and Ganu and John Jones will not happen. If Cyril Gan wins, we will see Cyril Gan fight John Jones. Basically, what I'm trying to say is John Jones and Francis that that fight's not going to happen at least not this year okay. maybe in 2023 but I don't think John Jones for his first heavyweight fight is wants to fight Francis Ngannou I think he wants to fight someone who he can have rounds with someone like a Cyril Gane someone like a Steve Miocic. I don't think that he wants to go in with so many questions and where uh, the mistakes are so very are so cost, costly against a guy like Francis Ngannou so that's my prediction. I think if uh, if Francis wins, we won't see John Jones until late 2022. But if uh, Cyril Gunn wins, I think we'll see that fight be be made uh, sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I think there's a very good chance that that's the case. I, I don't. I, I just I, I'm with you. I don't see a Francis and Ganu, John Jones fight ever happening. And on the flip side of that, uh, I, I I think they're the next time that if Francis wins, I think the next time he's in the octagon at Stipe. But I don't think he's in the octagon the next time that he fights if Francis wins. Maybe if Francis wins or loses. I think Francis's next fight is a boxing match against Tyson Fury, win or lose, next weekend.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I definitely can see that. I mean, uh, you know, Tyson Fury, the, the way, how aggressive that he's being in these uh, tweets and these call-outs and everything— and the fact that it's that it's possible, you know, the fact that they're both under the ESPN umbrella like this is very possible. This could really happen. The only thing that has to happen is the UFC has to be on board. If the UFC can get on board then this fight can easily happen. And, you know, Francis, with the way that he's basically saying, like, boxing has to be in my contract or I'm out. I mean, yeah. I definitely see uh, this a case where this fight happens. Um, win or lose, like you said, win or lose. Yeah, of course, it would be better if you won. Uh, especially in, in an impressive fashion. I mean, I think his 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 star should have rose uh, after he beating Stipe, but I think after this one, especially taking the momentum of this Cyril Gon fight into a Tyson Fury boxing fight, I think the his star will just completely go through the roof.
0: Dude, he could be the biggest superstar in the sport right now if the UFC were pushing him to be, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. They're exactly. not, though.
0: They're not. That's the difference. Like, they're not trying to make him the biggest star in the sport. I mean, there's a reason that Cyr- Cyril Gon got an interim title shot a few months after Ngannou was the heavyweight champion, right? Like, the UFC could package this as Francis Ngannou is towering over the entire sport, but they don't want to because of the money situation, because of contract disputes, because of Francis Ngannou believing he's worth something and the UFC believing that he's worth something else. Like, that's this is where the politics of the sport kind of suck, because Francis Ngannou could easily be the biggest draw, the biggest face of the entire organization if everybody was getting along, right? And there was a contract in place and nobody was arguing about money. He would be the biggest, but but not all of that is in place. They don't agree. They're on completely opposite sides of this thing. So the UFC is not dedicating any resources to help promote Francis Ngannou as the superstar that he is.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a shame, man, because, you know, even leading up to this fight, you don't see many commercials or, uh, you know, many, uh, Many promotions uh, about Francis even leading up to this fight. Um, and I think we both have said this, like Francis and is the most realistic, like heavyweight champion uh, since Brock Lesnar, like his look, yeah. the way he fights, his marketability. I mean, there, there's a lot you could do with him. I mean, the way he looks, like, come on, that dude is chiseled. He's six foot four, six foot five, chiseled, uh, can, can move, He's knock like out comic power book character. Yeah, like like a comic book per- character, like Brock Lesnar was. Yes, and 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 they and they did all that with Brock Lesnar. They they uh, promoted him. Uh, pay, he was Brock Lesnar was a huge star in the UFC, but they're just completely missing with Francis. And Francis realizes that, like, when after Francis beat Steep, we thought that the, that Francis was going to be on the rocket ship up towards the top, and it just halted just because he asked for more, for more money. Yeah, but. Francis is one of the, is one of those cases where he actually deserves it like he's the heavyweight champion of the world like this is supposed to be the baddest man on the planet like you have to treat this man like he's like that because yep. he is his record his knockouts the, the the list of people that he's knocked out it 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 presents the baddest man on the planet to me
0: not only does he look like a marvel superhero, but he wins fights in the way that you that like people love right like exactly what else could you ask for the guy is Terrific. I think anytime we've ever heard him speak, uh, he's, he, he comes across as very likable. He looks the part and he's knocking people out that, you know, I've, people get down on like, like Stipe, for example, right? Like there was always, I think, an underrated quality to Stipe because he wasn't winning fights the way that people like wanted to see the heavyweight champion win fights. It wasn't just like Stipe touches you and your lights potentially go out. You get that with Francis, like all the elements are there for Francis to be the biggest star in the sport. And he would be if there wasn't a a you know controversial money situation here. If if they were getting along, the UFC would be promoting the hell out of this dude. And Francis Ngannou's face, Francis Ngannou's name, Francis Ngannou knockout highlights would literally be everywhere you look in regards to the UFC world. It's For wild. sure, it's wild.
1: Yeah, it, it's it, it's wild. Uh, like Francis says. You know he's not going to fight for five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand to fight anymore. I'm with him on that. Like he he's too much of a his his star potential is through the it's it's so high, but it's being held out it's being held back by the promotion. Like I saw and and why wouldn't you want to venture into boxing, being a heavyweight and seeing how much that those guys get paid? I saw um, the numbers of Terence Crawford, who's not even a heavyweight, who fight who's had a light a lightweight class of his like five last five fights, like his his fight purses and uh his fight against sean porter i want to say he made six million dollars and then i think a guy again he fought a guy i've never really heard of he made two million dollars for that fight and i can only imagine what francis made to fight a jarzina rosen strike or a uh, curtis blades yeah. in comparison to to what he could be making fighting a guy like tyson fury like it, it just it just makes no sense like i i agree these fighters should be getting paid more but when especially when you have a guy like francis and ganu who probably deserves it? Who probably should be on the same uh, wavelength that these guys like Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz and Masvidal, and Khabib are? Um, I'm with him. I think he he definitely deserves to you know venture out to boxing and get paid what he's worth.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, man, you ready to make some picks as uh, the defending champion?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, you know it was a good year for me last year. We're gonna have to kick it off in a in a, a big way.
0: Yeah. I know that, uh, things got a little bit, uh, interesting in the final couple weeks of the, uh, of the picks, but, uh, the Shuey will be paid off, uh, hopefully by next week as, uh, we get ready for the first UFC pay-per-view of 2022. And I know you will get a lot of enjoyment out of that and, uh, I will just, uh, yeah, have to make it happen. So, uh, Shuey coming up very, very soon. And, uh, hopefully, Hopefully we will have that done by the next time that we talk and, and make our UFC 270 picks. But uh, tonight will UFC Fight Night, the first fight night of 2022, headlined by Featherweight's Calvin Cater and Giga Chikadze. Our card also begins in the Featherweight division as we have Bill Algio and Yo Anderson Brito in the Featherweight division. Oddshark.com has Algio at plus 110. Brito is your favorite at minus 130.
1: Man, for, so for this one to be the first, you know, pick of the year, uh, this one's uh, this one's pretty close. Uh, a lot of these fights on this card are are pretty close when it comes to the odds. But um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of Bill Algeo. Uh, I haven't really seen too much of uh, of Brito. I think I want to say he's from the Contender Series. I might be. I That's might right. be. Uh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's got a. I knew I saw that name from somewhere. Joe Anderson is it sounded familiar, but. You know... Um, He's
0: Brazilian, Will, so please say it correctly.
1: What am I missing? <laughs> oh, is it uh...
0: a... <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, honestly. Like, I, it, it I don't pro- remember the way that they officially pronounced it, but I was just being funny. Is, it,
1: it probably is like that, though. I mean, uh, when we hear uh, Anik or somebody say it, it would probably be something completely different from what we're saying.
0: Anderson yeah. <laughs> Joe Anderson. Yeah. Yo Anderson, or I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, just being funny. I don't, I, again, I, I'm, I'm messing with you. I, I have no idea what the correct pronunciation is, so...
1: And on a lot of these, like, uh, the name for the next guy, I mean, geez, these names get crazier by the year. But uh, for my first pick, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, with Brito, man. I'm going to go with Ho Anderson, Joe Anderson, Ho Anderson.
0: All right. Uh, we are on the same page to open 2022. Give me the contender series winner making his UFC, official UFC debut uh, To kick off the main card of 2022, I, I will take Brito as well. Fight number two in uh in 2022 on this main card is a couple of uh, lightweights at 155. We have Dakota Bush, who is plus 165, and Vyashlav Borshev, who is your favorite, Will, at minus 200.
1: With a, with a name like that, man... Um... I'm just gonna go with uh with Borshev, man.
0: <laughs> uh, we're two for two. Give me uh give me Borshev as well. Also, by the way, like Burrito, a twenty twenty one contender series winner that will be making his UFC debut uh tonight. So uh we are uh we are heavy on the contender series, guys, to start this main card. Fight number three on the main card, women's flyweights, Caitlin Chukagian, minus one eighty, your favorite against Jennifer Maya, plus one fifty
1: you know i always say this when uh when chukagian fights uh when it comes to the flyweight division valentina is the top of the top and i think um levels down is caitlin Chukagan and everybody else but at the top of that list is caitlin Chukagan. i think um until i see somebody knock her off that off that pedestal uh, i think she's the best uh, outside of valentina right now so um for me but i do think that jennifer maya presents some problems in terms of her wrestling um, if she can uh, get Chukagian down, I think that'll, that that um, we could see something very interesting. But uh, but for the time being, I think uh, Chukagian's distance, the way she strikes, uh, it'll be very problematic for Jennifer Maya. So I see a uh, decision win for Kaylen Chukagian.
0: Yeah, I like Chukagian here as well, and I, I think it's an interesting matchup. It it could be a problematic matchup, uh, Jennifer Maya, uh, depending on on you know, how she's able to get to Chukagian. But, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it with your opening statement. At that division, it just kind of feels like Chukagian is the best of the rest, the best of everybody in the division, not named Valentina Shevchenko. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we have flyweights Brandon Royval and Rogerio Bontarine, which I think this is an awesome matchup as well in that division. Royval minus 170, Bontarine 140.
1: Yeah, this is a very fun matchup. Uh, I really like Royval's, um, Royval's style um, I think, uh, I think Bontorin, uh, I think he's good, but you know, you know, this one's tough because I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how, uh, or if Bontarine will be able to overpower Royval and get him to the ground, but Royval is such a, a good striker and everything. Um, uh, you know, this one's tough, but you know, you know, man, you know, Royval has win over Kaikar France, but he's lost to the top of the top of the heap like Moreno and Pantoja, uh, this one's, t- you know, I, I think I'm just going to go with Royval. I, I like where he's, uh, where he's headed. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's very young in the game, very exciting fighter. Um, and, I, and he's only growing. So I got a uh, Royval.
0: Yeah. Royval uh, is on a two fight losing streak. As you mentioned, I mean, it's two, uh, two of the, the better flyweights out there. Um, on the opposite side here, Bontarine was on a two fight losing streak, and, and I don't know how many people remember the Kaikar France loss, but he was beating Kaikar France on the ground, and then France was able to get it up and, and just sleeps him with one shot. It was, it was a pretty incredible round one uh, in that fight, but he's bounced back with a win over Matt Schnell. Uh, give me Roy Vall as well. I, I think that this is a really interesting fight, I think it's a really good fight. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see this go either way, but I just feel like the ceiling for Brandon Roy Voll, maybe the uh, backed into a corner urgency type scenario with two straight losses, is a factor here as well. And I still believe Roy Vall is a factor in terms of getting things going in the right direction and maybe putting his name in the title picture at flyweight. So, Brandon Roy Vall for me, as we head to the heavyweight division in our co main event tonight, it is Chase Sherman who is the plus 110 underdog versus Jake Collier at minus 130.
1: This one is uh, pretty interesting, you know, especially for it to be at the co-main event. You know, of course, they're giving respect to the heavyweights. Um, uh, Man, this one's tough. You know, I think I'm going to go with uh, Chase Sherman. I'm going to roll with the underdog on this one. I've been pretty uh, 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 favorite heavy, so I'm going to go with the underdog on this one.
0: All right, uh on the same page again. I actually was surprised when I saw the odds here. I thought Chase Sherman would have been the favorite. Agreed, agreed. And uh to see it the other way was kind of surprising. So, we'll see how it plays out, but yeah, I'm uh this was one where the odds uh surprised me pulling them up from oddshark.com. Uh give me Chase Sherman as well in our co-main event, which will takes us to the main event and a couple of the top-tier guys at the featherweight division, a couple guys that you know, when you look at the skill sets are probably a big win away from being in the title picture. Calvin Cater hasn't fought in a year since the unbelievable performance that Max Holloway opened 2021 with. I still stick by it today, a year later. It was the most, it was the single most impressive performance that I've ever seen in the history of the UFC. What Max Holloway did on ABC network television against Calvin Cater last January, he's finally back and he's facing, I think, one of the rising phenoms of this division, Giga Chikadze, who had really an exclamation point win over Edson Barboza the last time he was in the octagon. This is an incredible matchup. It's a fun matchup. It is an awesome main event to open this new year. Calvin Cater is a plus-195 underdog. Giga Chikadze is minus-240, your favorite, in this featherweight main event.
1: Man, uh, you know, Calvin, that, that time off, Taking such a beating. I think he took the proper time off. So I'm not gonna really look towards the uh, you know the the last performance as too much of a factor in this, but I do want to look towards the actual stylistic matchup. Uh, I think uh, through his his uh, his upward trajectory that he had been going on, his his streaks that he's been going on, I think he's been fighting guys who um who benefit his style, like the uh, Andre Feely's Shane Burgos, Ricardo Lamas, Jeremy Stevens, Dan Ige, I think a lot of those guys will fight his fight. And uh, I think for the first time with Max, uh, he saw like what happens when he's not leading the dance or when he's not the guy, you know, uh, pursuing and, and uh, giving the pressure and stuff. So I kind of think that Giga with his, with with Giga being able to strike with him and then with, with how lethal his kicks are, I think that's going to be very problematic for Calvin Cater. Um, and then you can you can also factor in the the, the long layoff and stuff. But I do think that uh, this matchup is very uh, very problematic for Calvin stylistically because of all of the weapons that Giga presents on the feet. So uh, my picks gonna go with Giga, man. I think he's just uh, he's on the he's on the rise. I think he's next.
0: I, I almost feel like you're in my head as you describe that fight, because uh, I, I think you nailed my thoughts exactly. I, you know, I, I would say this. I, I think the Max fight stylistically was a good fight for Calvin. I think Max is just on a different level than Calvin, right? I, I think when you look at the way Max fights and the way Calvin fights, like there the opportunities there for Calvin to win that fight. But Max is just, you know, world class and Hall of Fame caliber. And, you know, Calvin is really good. But he's not reached that level yet. With this fight, I think it's something different entirely. Like you said, I, I think it's more stylistically. You look at the overall arsenal that Giga brings to the table, and you know the ways in which he can strike, uh, the kicks, uh, the quickness, the distance management. I, I just don't know that I feel like this becomes a, you know, in a phone booth brawl type situation where you really see Calvin Cater's strengths. Come out. I think it's more of a Giga keeping him at distance. Giga being able to to get his kicks in and preventing Calvin Cater from really taking advantage of his boxing skills. So um, I, I felt like I know we both felt like Giga was one of the rising stars of this division, and at some point was going to put himself in the title conversation. I think the Edson Barboza win really displayed the skill set that that everybody kind of thought was there, and I think this is the win that really puts his name in the conversation for potentially being, if not next. Uh, one of the guys on the short list to get a title shot maybe this year or early next year. But this is a Giga Chikadze win for me as well, which, uh, Will, on this main card, puts us on the same side of every single fight. I will admit, um, I briefly considered going opposite my feelings on the co-main event simply to be on the other side. But look, it's way early this year. And what I did last year was I did that way too often. There were too many times that I thought, even when I really believed I liked one side or over the other to be on the opposite side, I just took it. And I've decided this year that unless I really feel like it's as close to a coin flip as you get, I'm not going to do it just to be on the opposite side and dig myself in the, uh, in the point hole that I did last year where down the stretch, I was just having to make picks opposite you simply because I needed points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's actually that's actually kind of funny because <laughs> there was there was a lot of times where you should be like well just to be on the opposite side i'll just go here and yeah. I, you know uh we did do that a, a lot last year so i think this year uh i think we're going to be very uh very strategic with our picks this time uh so i think it'll be fun i mean of course this year um, I mean, at this fight card note we're not on the opposite sides of any but i think this one was yeah uh i think we think so much alike that we might run into these problems a little bit but uh yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this how this one goes.
0: Don't get me wrong, there will be times that I take the opposite side simply to be on the opposite side, but it's going to be in fights that I believe are closer to coin flips than like feeling good one on one side as opposed to the other despite maybe the odds being close, right? Like in the past there have been times where in close odds fights, despite maybe me feeling strongly on one side, the odds were close enough that I thought, "You know what, let's roll the dice." So I'm, I'm going based on my gut feeling about how close a fight is or how strongly I feel about a winner um, more than the odds and saying, all right, let's roll the dice because the odds are close.
1: Well, I mean, since I'm picking first now, I, I can't be I can't be that guy. That's right. Unless you unless you just uh, kick my ass on on the on the next pay-per-view card that we have. But yeah, for now, I mean, it is what it is, man. By the way, uh, your boy. Uh, Kevin Croom. What was his nickname? For I could not think of his his the original. The hard hitting hillbilly. <laughs> is is that still his name, or did he change it? He changed it, right? He
0: changed it. Um, what did he change it to? Uh, let's see, Croom. Um, I forget. I can't. Re- Crash. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kevin Crash Croom. Come on, <laughs> that's so generic and cheesy, <laughs> right?
1: yes yes he changed it to crash I mean, he has such a good nickname and it just changed it to crash i don't know what made him think that that was a good idea like you know what my this hard-hitting hillbilly it's, it's pretty stale it was you know one let of the me best go with nicknames
0: else. in the ufc the hard-hitting right. hillbilly like that's so good and then it goes to something crash. as generic as crash kroom like oh come on that's too easy
1: i i had i had to i had to say it man i was like man kevin kroom what was his nickname and then yeah it's hilarious man uh, yeah. yeah kevin Krum has such a good nickname and then changes to the crash like come on man we got to be better than that I, yeah. I hope i hope he somehow goes back i hope the fans uh, make him or are trashing trash him on twitter like go back to the hard hitting hillbilly cuz that right. was one of the better names cuz there was a lot of good names nicknames last year like uh, the cuban missile crisis and uh, oh that's a great one yeah uh, violent Marquez. bob ross Yeah, uh, like you know so like and then the hard hitting hillbilly i mean you could just put that up there so yeah gonna change it to crash like come on man
0: that'd be like you having a badass nickname and then all of a sudden like one re- random week we just start calling you like bash brewer like what okay like that's just it's fine but it's just so yeah. generic and like doesn't move the needle in any way
1: yeah i mean if it, if his nickname was like something not as good like as the hard-hitting hillbilly if it was something generic and he changed it to something generic it'd be fine like
0: it went from like crusher Croom to crash Croom, then it's like okay yeah whatever
1: i can get behind that but it went from the hard-hitting
0: hillbilly to crash crash okay Eh, Uh, yeah i guess (laughs) disappointing man i am still rooting for you kevin Croom, but uh yeah The, the the nickname was better before that's all i'm saying
1: He's got a fun one with uh with Brian Boom Callaher though. Boom that's versus right. Crash.
0: Boom and Crash. Yeah, that'll be a good fight. By the way, I, that's yep. I mean, I know that's not necessarily like a, a couple of ranked fighters or a couple of guys that are in the title conversation, but in terms of just pure entertainment inside the octagon, Kevin Croom and Brian Callaher will will give us uh, something to be excited about.
1: Yeah, it's on it's on my short list for uh for fight of the night for sure. Oh, um,
0: speaking of, we didn't even uh, we haven't done this in so long. I forgot. Uh, to even ask you um, what your fight of the night ends up being.
1: You know, my, my short list uh, is Kroom, Roy Royval Bontarine, and then Cater and Chikotse. But if I had to pick yeah. one, I kind of think that Cater um, and uh, Chikotse, uh for a, as long as it lasts, I think it's going to be a finish, but for, for as long as it lasts, I think it's going to be fun. So Cater and Chikotse for me. All
0: right, I'm, I'm going Royval Bontarine as my fight of the night.
1: I, I, there's a very good chance it'll be I just feel like that's
0: going to be wild like it's just going to be I don't I, I don't even know where the fight's going to take place I think it's just going to kind of be all over the place but I just feel like it's going to be wild and both guys seem to just kind of rally so well right that I, I just feel like it's going to be fast and intense and whether it's one round two rounds or it goes the distance um, it's going to be action-packed that's kind of how I view that fight so
1: yeah, Rival Re- is fun. He's always fun. He's always chasing the finish. I mean, his fight with Kaikar France was one of the best fights. Um and then, you know, Bontarine, you know, he goes out there, uh, he he can take the fight many places, but you know, I think he he's he's down with the with the uh with the brawl. So I think yeah. I can definitely see a scenario where this fight um is is just for three rounds, three rounds of fun. So it could happen, man. It'll be a good night of fights.
0: All right, buddy. Uh, I cannot wait for this fight card to get underway. I will be uh, watching playoff football and UFC fight night simultaneously. I will be loving life. It is a despite the shitty weather outside. It is a glorious Saturday because I will be in my element with football and uh, MMA. And uh, will enjoy your Saturday, my friend. We will be texting as soon as this thing kicks off. It's good to hear your voice again. And uh, look, next week I have to take the shoey. We have a pay-per-view fight, as we documented earlier. Arguably the biggest star in the sport, Francis Ngannou, defends the heavyweight title. I mean, baddest man on the planet is up for grabs next Saturday. So next week's episode is going to be straight fire, as the kids say.
1: Yeah, the, the, we're the, the two guys battling for the baddest man on the planet. We've got a, a technical wizard, a heavyweight who moves like a flyweight. Well, maybe not a flyweight, but a heavyweight that moves like a welterweight against uh, a heavyweight who's chiseled uh, who who gets knockouts every fight? So that fight, just stylistically, it, it sells itself. Even though the UFC won't sell it for these guys, I do want to ask you though, going into this weekend before we get off here, Cowboys, how we feeling, man? You know, playoff uh, starting, got the Forty ers You know, I just want to know where your head's at.
0: Well, a, I mean, just because of the nostalgia aspect of uh, Cowboys Niners from the nineties. I mean, you know, in in like the the peak of my Cowboys fandom, I. I've loved just kind of reminiscing about uh, those matchups from the 90s this week because of this game. But I think this is a really tough matchup for Dallas. And, you know, Jimmy G's not scary at all. But San Francisco plays tough defense, and they run the football well. And that's kind of the recipe to to upset a team like Dallas that has a high-powered offense and, you know, is is more flashy maybe than gritty. So I think it's a tough matchup. I think Dallas is the better team if they play their high-end brand of football. But we've seen them look so inconsistent down the stretch of the season that uh I, I don't at all think this is a walk in the park. I, I I'm gonna pick Dallas to win the game, uh, simply because I just think they have more uh across the board. But I think this is a really tough game that uh they're gonna have to earn. It's uh it's not going to be easy by any means and and they're gonna have to to dig deep and find a level of of toughness, I think, to get through San Francisco. So I'm excited, man. It's gonna be a good game and uh, I, I just i don't want to be depressed next week because the dallas season yeah. is over so
1: there you go well for for your sake buddy i'm with you i'm pulling i'm pulling for the cowboys with you i have no faith in jimmy garoppolo uh i think he's vastly overrated yes um and i think if you if the cowboys can force him to throw uh that's the game right there so yeah. uh Great. I, I think the cowboys are the better team and i'm with you man let's go boys
0: All right, I like I like to hear that. I like to hear that. I'm gonna I'm gonna play that uh, as uh, potentially we get a Packers Cowboys matchup Uh, a little bit down the road. So,
1: you know, I have to root for somebody because you know my Packers aren't playing this week. You know, because you know we got the buy and everything. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I have to I had to find somebody. You know, and fair enough. You know, you know Aaron Rodgers probably gonna win MVP. You know, yeah.
0: So I had to find someone. You know, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, man, Uh, enjoy the fights tonight. I will be texting you, and uh, thank God the drought is over. Uh, We get Octagon action tonight. That is Will Brewer. I'm Colby Daniels. Everybody have a great week. The is over.